Hey guys, welcome back to my podcast. Um, today's episode, I wanted to talk to you guys about my backstory um, and my entire history of where I come from. So it is quite insane and everything. Um, do keep in mind, it may trigger some of you guys just because of how dark it is and it does hold words such as abortion, um, miscarriages, um, and all that, um, so just keep that in mind and everything, if people get triggered or anything, I do not suggest anyone to listen to this, um, just for your own personal, you know, yeah, anyway, um, so a lot of you guys can tell (laughs) I sound American, I look European, and I'm living in New Zealand, yes, um, Some people think I live in the States, like in California, and I'm like, no, not yet at least. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so my massive backstory, I am originally from Russia, as you can tell. Um, And where I grew up in Russia is a small town in the middle of nowhere, like literally nowhere. It's surrounded by forests. It's woods, trees, it's so scary and creepy. Um, It's like kind of those like, you know, the movies that you watch where the towns are full, like surrounded by all these like tall pine trees and it's just creepy towns and like a little house in the middle of nowhere. That would be probably like where I am born and what it would look like, honestly. Um, so, yeah, um, with my whole family, um, my grandparents, my grandma is Estonian, um, I don't know much about culture and the history there, um, my grandfather originally is Russian, my birth parents are Russian, um, yes, and I have a lot of siblings and cousins and aunties, as you would imagine, in Russia, because, you know, and so, um, my grandma originally, um, she moved to Russia, I think, when she just gotten married or something, and I'm trying to remember a lot of it, because there's so much to take in with everything, and reading the reports from the PI, private investigator, on it, um, it's so, it's so, like, crazy with it all going on, because, you know, there are reports from this person, and that person, and everything, and everyone kind of tells, like, a different story, but it kind of ends up in, like, the same, like, result of how people met, and what went on, and everything, um, yes, so my grandparents, um, They were married, I think, for like 20, 30 or 40 years, um, which I really cherish. And they lived on the farm together in Russia. um, And they literally just, you know, did what they could to live on and on um, during the day and everything and pay for bills, whatever it took. And my grandma ended up having, I think, I think three or four kids 
And my mother was the youngest one out of everyone. Um, Svetlana, her name was. She was born premature. Um, very beautiful. And she was such a sweetheart. And I think, like, kind of a bit different as she grew up. But, I mean, it kind of comes with it, you know, as you grow old, get older, I mean. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so my mom, she was born and everything, and she just went to university and high school like anyone else. Um, And my mother, she had been through quite a few relationships um, here and there, but after she came back from university, I think pretty sure she moved in with a guy and a lot of people are gonna be like yeah don't do that um yeah but this is like early 2000s gotta keep in mind um like no late 1990s and legit like they moved in together and they worked on the farm just like my grandma and granddad and they helped each other out they did a lot together And they ended up being together as a couple for a few years, which I love reading about because I find it really cherishing to me. And my mother and this man had the best relationship. And she really felt like she found, you know, her humble abode or, you know, the special someone. And... It wasn't until he passed away that it literally changed her. And you know when we fall in love and they pass away or, you know, something happens, we all, you know, we blame ourselves, we hate ourselves and everything. Well, my mother, she lost herself in the process of his death. And I mean immensely lost herself. She never did anything bad or, you know, anything toxic. It was up until after his death, you know, she couldn't cope with it. And, you know, the ways a lot of people cope with death and changes, what do we do? We drink. And that is what my mother had started doing, um... It's very sad, and I feel the way that she would have felt. Like, I feel it. I can, you know, like, I can always sense that, like, you know, they were such a power couple and everything. And I feel so sad and sorry that, you know, she went through that. And my mother, she was such a good person, Uh, always had your back, always helped out. Um, She, you know, wasn't a big fan of, you know, doing much chores growing up as anyone would. But my mother was the sweetest person ever. Like, she would have your back. And, you know, she was a good person woman, strong, strong-willed, minded, and everything, um, yes, and growing up, you know, in the countryside, she still 
stuck to, you know, morals about, like, you know, looking after the elderly, looking after your family, being there, and everything. And it wasn't until a few years later my mother had met my father. And I'm going to switch on to my dad's side because, um, like I said, it's a big backstory and it's really complex, but... I'm trying to break it down in the simplest of ways. So on my dad's side, um, at the time when he met my mother, he was actually married to a woman. Yes. Um, this woman was so sweet, very sweet, um, down to earth. They had 10 cats in the apartment, um, tabbies, all that. There are so many photos of me with these cats. Yes. And let me tell you that their relationship wasn't always the best. And you guys may be wondering, did she ever find out that, you know, he would have cheated or had an affair? Yes. Okay. That is, yes. She knew. Okay. Um, she had like pretty much gut sense it, but then again, she kind of understood why, you know, and in the reports, you know, um, she said, you know, he's quite, you know, forceful and everything and, it, you know, not the best person, to be honest, but, you know, like, very strict and I wouldn't say forceful, but, you know, if he wants something, he will make sure he gets it, if I could put it that way. And, um... So my father met my mother and they kind of like, you know, had it going on. <laughs> and my dad's wife, oh yeah, wife knew about it. And a few years down the line, um, my brother and I were born. And so I was the last one in the family to be born. And funny that my dad, he, um, during the pregnancy, he would try and tell authorities about my mother and her problem of drinking and everything. And, you know, it was chaos in the family. Like I said, after her first really strong relationship, it kind of, you know, messed with her mind. And I mean, that kind of, happens to the best of us, you know, when we love someone and everything. So my dad would tell authorities, hey, Svetlana's drinking, you know, she has a baby, you know, and I'm trying to help her. Um, I know it's so sweet that he did that, but, you know, it's still, you know, we haven't gotten to the dark part. So my dad would continue telling authorities, um, she would spend money on booze, uh, not even keep a clean, healthy home. Uh, it kind of failed to feed everyone in the family, especially during the winter times. Uh, that was the roughest moment of all. You know, there was no food for anyone, so you'd had to, you know, save up and everything. And, um, majority of the money went towards alcohol, you know, and, you know, when they say, uh, 
vodka is cheaper than water in Russia, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's very true, it's very true, like, honestly, and so, the alcohol my parents would actually drink on my mother, they would home brew it, and that is more deadly and toxic, especially when you are pregnant with a child, that is more toxic to your child than actually drinking, like, vodka itself, and, I mean, any types of alcohol is, like, toxic and bad for kids, you know, either way you're pregnant or not, it's bad for your health, and so they would just drink and drink and drink, my mother would get drunk with, you know, her stepkids around, and so after the times that my father would tell on my mother, nothing would change, and I mean nothing. He really tried so hard to make sure, you know, she would become a good mother because he believed that, you know, Svetlana would be the best mother possible. And he had so much faith upon her and he took it to his heart to say, you know, you'd be the best mother for your daughter, you know, or son that's coming up. Keep in mind, this is me in the stomach, okay? I was the last one to be born and... While all this chaos was going on, I was in my mum's stomach, yes. So she didn't start drinking with my brother and I, like, separately born, um, until, like, five months into the pregnancy or six months, yeah. And then, you know, my my brother, he was born, I'm pretty sure, four months premature from, you know, the full birth. And he got it worse than me. Like, my mother drank more heavily with him than she did with me. I'm still quite surprised because I'm the last one to be born. And that kind of questions, like, everything. So, yeah. And my brother was born premature. Same with me. I was born premature three months from, you know, the full pregnancy and all that. And we both lived and everything but during the pregnancy up until you know three or four months into pregnancy my mother had tried to abort us and like y'all can be like oh that's so sad everything look I've kind of gotten to a point about it and I've accepted it and I've moved on from it and you know it's like it's you know this would make a great story for a movie one day or a TV show. Actually, no. But my mother would try everything and anything to abort us. And I mean talking about, like, shoving things inside, taking cold or boiling hot baths, um, drinking the most toxic things, you know. And she would do it weeks and weeks on end, but, you know, we kind of pushed on through to, you know, the pregnancy and came out alive. Um, and everyone now is, like, doing very well, and we're all healthy, so nothing to really worry about, honestly. But when my birthing came up, uh, my dad actually did not believe I was going to live. He was like, little Tanya is not going to live. She is not going to make it. She's not going to make it. Like, not at all. And my dad helped, 
like he helped with his two arms deliver me. Like, how sweet is that? <laughs> and, like, he made sure that, you know, I got delivered and I made it out. He made sure. But when he first saw me and grabbed me in his arms after the delivery, he was like, no, she's not going to make it. She's not going to make it. Mm-mm. And so quickly, um, after being birthed at the home house, which is, you know, my mother's house, I had to quickly go to the hospital and stay in the incubator for like four months because I was premature, you know, three months from the whole pregnancy and everything. And um, I was tiny. I was probably the size of a potato, like actual. I still have files and documents about my measurements and weights. Like I was the weight of like probably a feather and like the size of a potato that is how tiny I was honestly and like if I was born premature three months imagine my brother he was born four months and he had it worse with the alcohol like honestly (laughs) and I just have to say I'm so lucky to be alive 22 years later, I can finally say to my dad, hey, still living life. (laughs) But, you know, I'm very thankful to be alive. And I still question to why, why I even made it, uh, why I even survived in the first place. Um, And like, what is my calling in life? You know, what is it? So after being in the incubator, um, I kind of went home for a bit and then I got put into an orphanage. Yes. And that goes for the same as my brother. My brother was in it, I'm pretty sure a lot longer than me. I think he did a full year. I did, I think six or eight months, but, um, We got put into orphanages because our parents couldn't look after us. You know, like I said, you're living in the countryside. There's no food, alcohol everywhere. You know, parents, you know, spending their money. Um, They get drunk around their kids, you know, even after they're born. And it's just such a big mess. You know, could you imagine being around that? You know, having your partner being drunk about around your first newborn could you imagine that like it kind of makes me want to cry when I think about it because I can't imagine how little tiny and fragile I was and how open I would have been towards you know all that chaos in the house and so the authorities came around to my mom's house and they were like yeah we gotta put her into an orphanage she can't live here because you guys don't do a proper job of looking up to your child uh you're drinking it's messy there's no food there's no money you don't have enough to support yourself and your child and so they put us into orphanages and I don't remember the orphanage that much I like there are bits of 
weird things that I could kind of like tell stories about, but I don't remember much. And from what I've been told, um, there were a lot of, you know, tiny, precious, precious kids just like me. And I got told that I actually made a friend there. And I, I never knew her name. And she had um, one arm. She had lost an arm. And she had a disability of some sort, which I don't remember. And being told this, you know, like 21 years later, 20 years later, it makes me, you know, want to cry because it's like, you know, I'm hoping that, you know, all these kids went to a nice family, a nice home and, you know, all the stuff that they would have been through just like me or even worse, you know, I have not had it the worst, you know, there are other kids in this world right now getting it worse, having it worse, you know? So my story is nothing compared to everyone else's. And so I stayed in the orphanage for a bit and my adoptive parents, um, who are American, came to adopt kids. So why did Americans come to Russia to adopt? Like, don't they wanna adopt other American kids? Good question. Um, so my parents originally wanted to adopt all my step-parents because they wanted to have kids who looked similar like them. Um, and now that I look back on it, it kind of like weirds me out, you know? Like we see Angelina Jolie's kids and they're nothing like her, like majority of them. But, you know, it's like everyone's still accepting of her lifestyle and, you know, her decisions. So, um, they came to Russia and she hired the private investigator um, to find my brother. And he found my brother in the orphanage and they were like oh look you know and my stepmom instantly fell in love and everything she's like oh what a gorgeous baby you know I love him and then I was the last one to be adopted so after my brother you know got chosen my mother actually decided to get another like to get a daughter um but from a different family in Russia and literally she is like polar opposite of me and my brother like opposite looks opposite personalities and no shame no hate nothing but it's like you know it's like I like the combination you know you have odd ones and good people that you can relate to and everything and so when my mother adopted my brother and, you know, the other daughter from another family, she was like, okay, that's great, awesome. And then at the last minute, and I mean at the last minute, the private investigator was like, whoa, 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 hold up, we just got new news. We just found out your new son that you're gonna adopt has a little baby sister she has just been born 
and keep in mind this is like roughly like 2000 2001ish and like they were going to leave they were going to leave the country and be like okay that's it for us let's call it a day but the pi was like bro what about you know the daughter i think it'd be sad to you know leave them separated after all these years and everything and they were like oh true true yeah yeah now we'll take the daughter as well and i don't remember anything about like you know being adopted or anything i do not and they took me in as their family and everything and i like i got adopted in 2005 so yeah and in 2002 when i was 2 years old my mother had passed away and she had had me in the home in the house just you know sitting on the couch or laying in the bed and she was just doing her usual thing you know and she had gotten drunk the day before or i think on that day and it was just you know you another day of you know just doing whatever and she felt a bit weird and so my mother had walked out side you know to get some fresh air to see if it would help and then she started walking down you know the street the road you know the neighborhood and everything and she collapsed and a lot of people in that town were like oh my gosh oh my gosh svetlana just passed like she fell she collapsed oh my gosh and the neighbors came out quickly they called the ambulance and uh one of the neighbors was actually a priest and so the priest came out and he had svetlana's head laying in his lap and right as she was having her final moments like in the street he did a prayer for her and he blessed her and everything and he was holding her hand until the very last moment of her passing and it was just your typical you know 3 p.m. in the afternoon i'm pretty sure it was a sunday and so she just had her final moments it wasn't until 3 hours later that the ambulance finally arrived like i said you know when you live in the countryside it's you know long hour drives you know and so um after that my grandma um wanted to step in and look after me and so she was like i would love to look after tanya i would love to look after tanya and be the next guardian and everything and it wasn't until a few days later again the authorities the authorities were like nope You ain't got money, you ain't got enough support, you can't support yourself. You're you know, you're not in the safety of your own, you know, health and everything because 
my mother, my grandmother, she had broken bones in her back, her arms, legs, ankles. She was blind uh, in her right eye, you know. So it's like, you can just imagine authorities telling you, like, nah, you can't. You can't put, you know, the child under your protection. You're not good enough. You don't have what it takes. And so they were pretty upset over it. And um, I went back to the orphanage. Yes, I did. After my mother passed away and everything. And it wasn't until when I was back in the orphanage again, uh, my grandma and my father had actually come together and thought of a plan to kidnap us from the orphanage, yes. And it was the same with my brother as well. He was in the orphanage and they were like, yo, we're going to like go in there, take them and bring them back home because we don't want them in the orphanage. Could you imagine your parents being so determined to keep you and want you and love you to the point where they try and kidnap you from the hospital or the orphanage because they love you that much. Can you imagine that? <laughs> um, I laugh at that. I think that's pretty funny. <laughs> you know, like, could you imagine that? <laughs> so, yeah, and um, after a while of back and forth, back and forth kidnappings, you know, of trying to keep us... Um, my dad finally moved to St. Petersburg and he was like, okay, I'm taking Tanya with me and she's going to be under my protection and everything. And at that time when it was like around 2003-ish, um, uh, my dad was still with, uh, his wife at the time. Yes. Yes, he was. So, you know, like, after the affairs with my mother behind his wife's back, you know, he has a child, which is me, with him. And no one can really, like, look after me, you know? And none of my extended family wanted me. They don't want to have any part of me or any you know, association, because like I said, it was all chaos. And when it's all chaos like that, nobody likes it. And nobody wants to be like there or have you in your life to make it that much more difficult. And so my dad had moved out to St. Petersburg, where he like originally lived with his wife and everything. And he took me with him. And I stayed in the apartment with the 10 cats. Yeah, 10 cats. And when I was there, um, Nina, like the wife, his wife, Nina. Yes, you guys finally get to know her name. Um, she was such a sweetheart. So down to earth, humble. You know, she gives to others. She puts others before her needs and let me tell you, she knew that I wasn't, you know, her child. She knew that her husband had had an affair. And, you know, after hearing about me being born from a different woman that is half of him as well, like, 
she did not like that, but, you know, she still had the decency and the love and the care and the empathy to want to look after me. And she decided, all right, let's look after her. You know, she may not be my daughter. And, you know, uh, you may have had an affair with me, but, you know, I'm still going to be a good person. I'm still going to look after your daughter, Tanya, and, you know, make sure she's healthy and everything. And while I was living with my dad in the apartment and his wife, um, there was only one bedroom with a double bed. And it was like such a small kitchen, a small bathroom. I still remember my dad's apartment, um, the way it looked. And going to the bathroom, I remember asking uh, Nina for an orange. And I picked up the orange and I was like, how do I eat this? I remember thinking that and I was like, okay, I can't eat it. I'm just going to put it back. And then I think I picked up an apple and I was like, can I eat this? And then I picked up a pear and I was like, surely I can eat this. (laughs) Me and my fruit. Um, So I was like around three years old at that time. And when it came to like sleeping situations, uh, my dad would make Nina sleep on the floor. And, um, you know, my dad was so, so protective of me, very protective. Um, and he wanted me to like sleep in the bed with him. And you guys know when you have little kids, like, you know, three years old, um, it's, I think it's bad to have them in, like, the massive bed. I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm not too informed of, like, how you're supposed to let little babies sleep and all that. But he kind of, like, let me just sleep in the massive double bed with him, literally. And Nina would just sleep on the floor by the bed or, like, in the foyer and everything. And I, I thought that was pretty sad, you know, because you know, he had an affair with her, and I was the child, and she still had the gut to want to look after me, and, you know, he still treated her and let her sleep on the floor, and I think that's really sad, um, yeah. So, um, fast forward to a couple months, um, one day, my dad wanted to take me out, like, like I think, mushroom picking or, like, in the forest or something. And uh, I was going to walk with my dad, like, a couple miles. I think, like, three or two miles or something because we were, like, going on a big adventure of some sort. And my dad was determined to do something and... Nina was like, okay, this is so dangerous for little Tanya, you know, she's just three years old, you know, why would you, like, what the fuck, you know, like, honestly, and so, um, uh, we ended up going, I don't remember a lot of it, but one memory I do have of that is, um, I never told anyone this in my whole entire life, I can remember a forest with colorful autumn leaves, and all these spruce trees with beautiful green bushes and mushrooms all around. And when I did a tarot card in 2020, um, 
there's a tarot card with the exact same image that I had as a child. And I freaked out. I was like, okay, what? Like, what? The the main image from Russia is on this tarot card. Like, that is crazy. Crazy. And it actually said burden. Like, burden. Burden. And that's kind of, like, how I felt throughout my whole, you know, um, adoption family and everything. But that's a story for another day. Anyway, so after the long adventure with my dad, um, I went back home to the apartment and Nina had been looking after me for a few months during the time and everything. And um, that time, it was like when my mother had, you know, wanted to adopt me and everything, take me in and everything. And so it kind of came around that time. Um, so yeah, 2004, they were like, okay, we like her, you know, we'll make her ours and everything. And in 2004, around October, my dad had gone into surgery for his bladder. Um, now my parents kind of have like different health problems. My mother with the alcohol liver, um, and my father with his bowel problems and bladder, he had bladder cancer. Um, and he needed to get like surgery for it because it was like really bad. And he actually passed away during the procedure. I'm pretty sure it was halfway. And he didn't end up making it. And reading the files when Nina was talking about my father and during that time when she was you know talking about it and all the stuff was being written down he had passed away and when you read it you can kind of like you know line it up with the timing of everything and it's kind of like a bit spooky so yeah and um I think both of my parents as you know passings are quite spooky in their own way um because we're very much known as people passing away in their sleep or you know this and that or just growing old naturally but um yeah pretty sad and so after that I just got adopted in 2005 and you know that was it for me. I had moved to New Zealand and started this whole new life and everything. It was a bit weird for me at first and keep in mind I'm still speaking Russian and I'm annoying as hell as any, you know, kid that you adopt would be. Like, honestly, I cannot imagine any adoptive parent saying, you were so annoying as a two-year-old or five-year-old. It's like, what do you expect when you adopt a kid you know, that's living in a foreign country that doesn't know their surroundings or anyone, like, it's crazy, honestly, and so, like, you just, like, literally, you just literally think about, like, how crazy it is and everything, and, yeah, so, yeah, and, um, a few facts that I want to point out with this whole story, um, 
my birth parents had other kids along the way when my brother and I were born, like early 2000s, late 1998, 1999. And um, with how they wanted to abort my brother and I, they when they did abort the kids and, you know, in their life, um, they kind of went to the woods and buried, like dug up holes and buried them, like actual like, it's not even funny. If you guys want a photo of the sentence, like, honestly, yeah. And um, before my mother had passed away and I was in the, um, like, you know, getting taken care of and everything, she actually did not, she did not approve and she did not want um, my brother to be adopted she did not she did not want that she's like no I don't want him to go to another family he is mine and my dad I would say would be the same but he was more strict um he wanted me to be a vinylist he's like Tanya's gonna grow up and she's gonna be a vinylist here I am like 22 years later no (laughs) sorry dad (laughs) Um, I can play the triangle pretty well. Hopefully that satisfies them enough. But, um, yeah. So, my parents did have other kids. And when they did actually abort them, um, they would bury them in the woods behind, like, an old hospital. Like, it's, like, like I said, this is something that could be put into a movie. It's scary. It's creepy. You know, I still get chills about thinking about the way that my parents had their last day to live. And, like, watching horror movies, you know, in the hospitals. And, you know, could you imagine that? Like, knowing that your dad died in surgery and then you're just casually watching a horror movie. And you're like, hey, remember that time your dad died in surgery in the hospital bed? Oh, yeah, right. We're watching a horror movie about demons and hospital beds. Great honestly, um, yeah, so that's basically my whole life story, it's chaotic, and I still have the reports and files about it all, um, I have it backed up on my USB drive and everything, but, yeah, I don't even know who named me for a start, um, yeah, but I do love my name, Tatiana, but everyone called me little Tanya, because I was as tiny as a little elf. Yes, as tiny as a little elf, literally. Um, But everyone loved me so much. Everyone in my family wanted to take care of me. They wanted to be like, oh, I want to look after her. I want to, you know, be her guardianship and everything. Um, Yeah, none of my siblings wanted any part of my life or association, but you know, all my, like, grandparents and family did, and they loved me to the core, um, they did everything in their part to, you know, have me, to keep me, to look after me, so, you know, looking back onto it, like, it may be dark and deep and chaotic, but at the end of the day, I'm very grateful, and everyone inspires me in their own way, and my dad's wife, Nina, I still think she is so sweet. I I have a photo of her with me to this day. And um, if I could say anything 
to everyone. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm getting a bit like, you know, like, oh, my gosh. If I could say anything to every one of these people, I would just say thank you. I love you all, even for the bad parts, because, you know, it creates history. It creates, you know, a story. And literally, I would just say thank you. I love you all. And I know that they're still with me, guarding my life. I've been having dreams about meeting my birth parents lately um, and, you know, getting back into contact with them, like, through dreams and spiritually. Um, I've had weird, weird, like, messages and everything. But that will all be a story for another day, you guys. But um, there you have it. My backstory. <laughs> I'm not crying. I'm just like, wow. <laughs> I just want to say thank you if you guys have listened to it this far. Um, I didn't think the podcast was going to be this long, but um, yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed my backstory and you feel inspired somewhat and you kind of think to yourself, wow. Um, yeah. Like, it, my whole history definitely inspires me. So, I hope it does to you as well. I love you guys. Have a good day. Um, and do keep listening to more. I will see you all later on. And thank you so much. I love you guys. Bye.